Welcome to Whiskey Fit, where we believe every bottle of whiskey has a story to tell. Three guys, one bottle, endless bonding. Here are your hosts, Ryan, Evan, and JJ. Welcome back to Whiskey Fit. This is episode number four. For those of you that are keeping track of season two, as with the first three episodes, we are bringing you another guest. Across the table from me, I do have Antoine Scott. Antoine, say hello. Hello. And as usual, he is sandwiched by, or he is, that's not usual for him. Maybe it is. We'll talk about that later. But as usual with me, on my right and left, is down on one end of the table, Ryan, say hello. Hello, everybody. And the third and most beloved member of our crew, JJ. Hi. Antoine, so happy to have you here, man. So for those of you, full disclosure, I know we still don't have a Twitch or any sort of video. Antoine has brought notes. He has brought a Rubik's Cube. But most importantly, he has brought a whiskey called The Shin. And I do uh, believe he's the only person that actually prepped by making notes of the topics that he wanted to bring up for this. Yeah. Again, uh, we, we are not saying that anybody's episodes were bad prior to this. Uh, it's just a little bit. Just small jabs going around. Different. Yeah. Well, All right. But Antoine, tell us a little bit about The Shin, man. What'd you bring? Oh, so I brought a uh, Japanese whiskey. My goal was to uh, kind of bring a little bit of myself, and which means that I'm probably bringing something unexpected. Uh, can't really hard classify it, but it is a Japanese whiskey, and it does give you uh, complex notes. So, you know. So why did you choose a Japanese whiskey? It kind of epitomizes my goal to be very eclectic in many ways. I am a third culture kid. That just means I'm a military brat who was raised overseas. Uh, lived some life overseas, then came back to the States and developed a third way of seeing life based off my travels. So that actually lends itself to things I like. Okay. Well, let's at least pour it here. So you first note, you already said that you were overseas. First of all, we have to always point this out, Ryan. This is a screw top. This is a screw top. Screw top. Uh, what's the size? What size, what size is it? Uh, it's a 750 though. 750 it doesn't look like one. Yeah, it does not look like it. It is so not your typical qualified. bourbon. It's technically a handle. That is technically a handle at 750. Okay. All right. Yo, 750. Is it 750? I, hey, man, I'm not. That's a handle. Yeah. I Remember, these are the purists. These are the purists. Not, that not is a guy. handle of Japanese whiskey right there. So military brat Japanese. So Okinawa? Uh, so sister, yes, me, actually, uh, Ramstein, Germany. Uh, okay. Okay. Right. Now, I guess that would mean I'd, I'd get, I'll go last. I think that, uh, allowed me to just see a lot of life differently before I actually came back to the States. And even once we got to the States, my dad was still being stationed everywhere. He was, um, stationed, uh, about two thirds of the country. Then finally he retired at central Texas. So Fort Hood, Texas. Um, so by that point, I'm now going into sixth grade, and I'm going to continue until, well, actual completion of residency in Texas by accident. We'll talk about that later. But uh, long story short, uh, up, up until sixth grade, it was multiple countries, seven or eight, and then two-thirds of the United States. Then life settled down once my dad retired. So Hood, I have to assume your dad was Army then? Army. Fourth okay. Kev. Mom? Uh, she, uh, yes, uh, nurse. Very cool. So to backtrack, eclectic, that's the point of this whiskey. What makes this whiskey, I guess a little bit as we sip on it, what makes it so eclectic? I think with this one, you have a Japanese whiskey that you taste salt, a punchy salt that most Japanese whiskeys come because they're peeth. That just means that they were dug in the earth, they aged your, your rye, and that note and that smoke off the sea 
uh, brings in that sea salt and that salt overpowers all the flavors, even if they age it in uh, Mizunura oak, which is what this one's aged in. So this is a non-peathed Japanese whiskey. That just means it does taste like your single batch, small batch uh, whiskey um, because it doesn't have that sea salt punch. So there are several notes in it that will try dehydrate it. This one doesn't have the sea salt punch? It has considerably less. Holy shit. No Consider I have several of them, and this one has considerably less. Ryan's back there. He's skeptical. He's got his eyes swimming. No, no, Ryan, what do you no, got? I'm not nope. skeptical. What? No. The, the, it tastes like scotch. Yeah. Right? It tastes like a scotch. It tastes like a lowland scotch, right? So the, like a yeah. Macallan. It's, I mean, it, Without the difference in scotch or bourbon, it tastes I like I mean, it's scotch. quite tasty. I'm going to be real honest. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I've, I get visuals with the first taste of, of where I would be and what I would be doing, but we'll obviously we'll get a little bit deeper no, into that. So no peat, right? You don't yeah. taste any of that peat. No. You don't no it's smoke. The sm- like the there smoke that we are, the cardboard that yeah. I always talk yeah, about. Like it's it. not, it's, it's not, not there. there. It's nice. But the, so, and the, I mean, we, different like that. So for me in smoke, like Ryan goes smoke peat. Like that's just peat. To me, there's this smoky oak that I catch in it. There's just a little bit of that, sure. but it's a, a salty oak. Right. That's true. Because they still use the, the, the Mizunura oak, the Japanese oak that they use and age it in, has that flavoring with it. Uh, so you should taste that, but you should definitely not have the salty sea salt punch. That would, uh, you, so that was going to be my question. So this is, we've said considerably, let, so... Most Japanese whiskeys that you have is way worse than this, or I guess more. Uh, worse most Japanese whiskeys that you Maybe find word, that they are either I enjoy ramen, sushi. That's why I'm pescatarian for the most part, not just plants. But I would enjoy their whiskeys, but they would all be peat. So I taste that salt, uh, which would pair well with sushi. But if I'm going to try, if I'm going to try to enjoy it like in 1836, no. I wouldn't do that. Like not with theirs, not the ones that they're giving me in store. Most of the um, Izakawa's that I've gone to, the sushi or ramen spots I've gone to, they have a heavy salt. It's it's so like this one is it's malt, right? So it's malted barley, mm-hmm. right? But aren't a lot of Japanese whiskeys typically rice whiskey? Have you had rice whiskeys? I have. And are they completely different? Do they taste similar? It's the like, process of how they prepare them. Most of them do that classic peath process. And most of them allow that sea salt to color it, like giving like a like a sweetness to a Kentucky bourbon. They 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 have a sweetness by based off their region. Japanese whiskeys have that salt based off. If I gave you two and one was a rice and one was a malt, would you be able to tell the difference? Blindly, no. To be honest, that's great. Now the salt, this but that saltiness is is definitely a defining. Like this one is. You can actually appreciate the the rest of the notes in it. So, what, and like, I, I don't really get into the Asian like sake and me. Just there's so many bad memories on that one. But so, what's <laughs> what's the difference between like sake and this? Because sake's a rice whiskey. Mm-hmm. They're a rice liqueur or yes. something along those mm-hmm. lines. I don't know the te- technical definition. So, this one I'd love sake. I'm I'm still learning. I'm i at heart. I'm default tequila man. Yeah, that's what I am. Um, I've dabbled into the whiskeys. Thanks to you all. I've been able to like uncle nearest love it. And I've dabbled into bourbons and the whiskeys, but in terms of whiskeys, I've always tried to see if I could blend both good whiskey and Japanese preparation style. Mm. Um, so this was my challenge to myself to see if I could try something that would be 
appetizing to palates that enjoy whiskey and that don't like that salty taste kind of could be off-putting to be honest it's like bad tequila that's just spicy burn but ryan's never had a bad tequila for all people out there story so i've had it five times i guess the one bad tequila i had was a mezcal the one bad tequila was a mezcal so that's that's a different animal never mind you're, yeah, go ahead, Antoine. Oh, okay. All right. Thank you How for that one. See them. Oh, oh, I know. He jumped at that one. He almost, oh, he almost okay. like broke one off. So, <laughs> had this conversation offline. All right. So this is a, okay. So I actually brought this one for one of the workouts. Yeah. Uh, I brought a <laughs> mezcal for a workout. I did. I did. I brought it. So this one was um, like a shot every Amadas, um, and it was a, it was a Hoven Amadas done during summer. So it was Amadas Verano. Um, long story short, their process is very similar. They dig a hole in the earth. They have their agave fruit. They age it. Now, some of them that say Hoven and they do it uh, Blanco, they don't add game meat to it. So they don't add uh, rabbit or venison on top of this pit. Is that why tequila, some tequilas are white, some tequilas are dark? Oh, that, that, that's the difference in the aging. But this one with the mezcals, because they use either just agave straight or agave plus animal game meat, there's a version of it that can taste like game. It literally. Okay, now that's, that sounds awesome. It oh I I'll get you I oh, I will okay. I'll get you recommendations. All right. It tastes like any of your smoked meat then. Yeah. It, it, no, it does. Oh, it does taste like smoked meat. It's a great pairing. <laughs> it's it's so you can get the flavor of the it, meat without actually having to eat the meat. I'll be okay. honest. Many people are like this tastes like tequila jerky, <laughs> and it's salty. It's gamey. It has a gamey taste to it. Now you got to be ready for that. Yeah. I I started with the Verano Hoven because it was a cleaner taste, uh, but still the pitted process of how they prepared it. Interesting. So I'd never heard the pitted. I thought you were saying peated earlier. Um, Japanese are talking about peated and peat. That yeah. process, the pitted is just like dig a hole and burn. Okay. Pitted earth. Got it. All right. Okay. So, I mean, so many good things, and I have more questions. But you have a second version, not of this whiskey, but a second way of this whiskey. Because so we've all tasted this, and I think we've all done a great job of expressing what we're tasting. The only thing we didn't talk meat. about is the color. I mean, that's it's it is one of the lightest whiskeys we've ever had. It mm-hmm. almost is clear in the glass. It's yeah. I mean, I I don't disagree with that. What is before we dive into that? What's the second way you want us, or the jap the proper Japanese way? The second way you want us to try this? The second prep is going to be. I want us to have to do a little chemical reaction with it. Oops, so sorry. that's where I want you to add uh, two drops of water because that's going to hydrate this dehydrated product. So the overall goal is, without getting into organic chemistry, our goal is to add H two O to break some of the bonds that were there. Through the preservation of this? I try. They don't want to go into it. <laughs> they never want to. They always yell at me when I do that. It's 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 not talking about science door. It's a chemical process. And that's what we're gonna do, a little chemistry, but only two drops of water. Like so like I think I went way too. Oh, you, that's I, that's okay, that's fair. I even did too much too. I even went more than <laughs> so two. So now you're gonna be like, oh, it's watered down. It's like you, you did that to yourself. That was just two drops. So before okay, for those of you that are listening, we didn't talk about A. Antoine is incredibly intelligent as well as acting like the Antoine profession, which we'll get into in a moment, is he is a anesthesiologist. But I do have a question before we dive into that. Mm. You said sister was Okinawa and you said you were Germany. Yes. But you gravitated to Japanese whiskey and you really wanted to dive into this. Why not German whiskey? And maybe that's a stupid question. I don't know. But I honestly, I'm curious about that. German bread has my heart. And it wins every time. I don't know how to say that <laughs> better, but German bread and bratwurst, even the plant-based version is what I enjoy. Okay. Um, 
so the I'm not okay. Now this might get me, you know, I don't know, but uh, flagged. But I'm not a beer guy. Just I'm not a beer guy, and I think you're probably an okay company yeah. saying yeah. that. Yeah, not a beer guy. So okay. the element of like its predominance, yeah, is off putting. You don't ever get to the gyms of 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 the uh, of the libations if you if you're surrounded by the IPAs and the beers. I'm a cider guy. Uh, give me Ugh. a. Uh, you look. You could li- listen. I'm also a hard whiskey, hard tequila, hard gin, hard vodka. I'll dabble in it. That's a guy I want to know. But do not get me into the, That's the, the beer. I want to hang out with. Like the microbrewery with the beer. I'm like, listen, I appreciate your fermentation and even your micro fermentation. But I don't chase the cherry note that you added in three days ago. I don't. <laughs> I don't taste it. So that's a perfect segue for me to ask this. Because he's. <laughs> As if you haven't picked up, he's incredibly astute and detail oriented, and, and he's very well uh, read. Dad was in uh, again. We've said before. Dad was first cav army. Mm-hmm. Mom was nurse in military as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. You end up anesthesiologist. Yes. Take us to that path. Why? Uh, I think by the age of eight, that's when my parents really realized it stuck. When I said I want to be a doctor, um, I'm the first to go to college in my family. So I can only guess that I was impressed upon that um, divinely. Like the Holy Spirit put that on my heart. Um, and that's what stuck. And I never wanted to be anything else. Um, that's been the, the path ever since. How to get there, no one knew. But I understood it did take years of college um, and beyond. So I set myself on a path to perform well in school. Largely, the foundation of that is my parents. My father, he's military, um, so PT, physical therapy, physical training, really, physical training was at 0500. That's just what it is. No matter how old we were, we're doing physical training, 0500, and um, then we're getting ready for school, and then the school bus comes. So two-a-days in football was nothing to me. I'm used to waking up and trying to run around my entire block three times faster and faster and faster um, and doing like 50 – Jump and jack. Come over and get you to get my kids out of this. So can do that. Shit. I can tell you that my wife enjoys the way that I uh, fold the corners on the bed, and uh, I had to rush through that quickly, <laughs> and then uh, make sure that I do clean a good bathroom because it's like, look, elbow grease was all we had, and I'm one of four, so there was, um, we were we were some good little soldiers. My dad did a good job, and uh, that element of hey, if you want to go do the things that keep you social, let you play with people, football, sports arcade games, things like that, um, you need to be making at at the lowest an 89. If you make a 93, you're in a good range. So I just strive to make a 94 for most everything through. Because also I'm moving every year and a half to two years. So I don't have the opportunity to get set into an area, um, develop a group of friends and stick with them. I have to either be really friendly, um, be knowledgeable about the area I'm going into, or just sit by myself in the lunchroom. I did all three, but for the most part, my goal was trying not to sit alone uh, at the lunch table in a new city. And then be like, oh, okay, I can make friends fast, but then I got to leave them. That said, academic performance was a way to be uh, consistent across all locations. So that by the time I am in sixth, seventh, eighth grade, academic performance is not an issue. We, uh, My mother was actually pivotal in that. I will say, she purchased, she subscribed to the encyclopedia. So every year we got 26 volumes. <laughs> oh my gosh. And we would essentially say every summer you have three book reports. You can start at A's or the B's or the C's, but Dang. you got to read the whole thing, 
pick out three things and give me a book report on one of them. So I'm used to doing like summer work. That's that's common. That just kind of kept us active. <laughs> just kept you off of also kept me doing stupid stuff. Right, exactly. It was, it was busy work for me, but it's also fascinating. I'm a curious guy. Like I enjoy uh, the exchange of context. Like context is king in this regard, where I had to understand what my place was, whether it be on base in Germany, in Alabama, in the South, um, in Tennessee, in Arizona, all these places. I could use school as a way, as my own little world to just go over complex problems and sit with them longer. That's, I got a kick out of that. That's why I got this Rubik's Cube and it's not solved, but I'm going to solve it. But he can solve it in seven minutes. He has made that known off air. Yeah. So. You want a four. Did, <laughs> I say this in jest and, and kindly. Did the other three turn out the same way? No. Um, so it's weird. Well, I don't think it's as weird, but it might be similar for many people in one of however many, more than one. Someone is the rebel. Okay. Someone is the, okay, I saw what they did and I don't want that. Okay. So I'm going to do this way. Then there's like the third one who looks and is like, I saw both of you do that. I'm doing none of those things and I'm going to stick the boring route. That was me. Okay. And then I have a fourth, my little brother, who was actually my cousin before, who we adopted. Okay. So I then lived this, for those that believe in the middle child and attachment theory and all these kind of sibling order hierarchy and how it shapes personalities. I am. I was the babe of the family for a long time, yet the most high achieving because I was the most curious. I was a thinker and very cerebral and not flighty. And then I got a little brother, so I got a chance to then be the eldest sibling who outperformed academically. It just so happened that I was athletically inclined. That was like a bonus. I was mostly nerd, not jock. So did you participate in athletics post uh, high school? Yes. I ended up getting um, two uh, D1 scholarship opportunities at TCU uh, for playing middle linebacker and then at Arizona, University of Arizona Wildcats. My father for record, grew up in Tucson, and my mother, for record, went from Toke, Oklahoma to Dallas, Texas. So for them, they're like, oh, yeah, like he, he can go to Arizona. And my mother said, no, that's too far. He can go to TCU. Uh, TCU had a pre-med program sure. and a football program that was, you know, LT had just left there, so we were noticeable. Um, they had a brochure with him holding a globe and a football. Yeah. And literally seeing that representation was the thing I was like, I'm going to TCU. That is the only college I applied to. That is, and none of my parents really, they like, hey, you want to go to college? Figure it out. So I did. So that's the process of me kind of getting from dad retires now at sixth grade up until I play football because I got recruited by my history coach. Uh, for the record, I played in the band because my sister was in the band. She played clarinet. I played trombone. We're three years apart. I was going to follow in her footsteps. Then the history coach, who was also the linebacker coach, saw me at halftime <laughs> and was like, I don't understand. You're a freshman and you're out here during halftime. I was like, I'm in the show. He's like, mm, right. Okay. See me after class tomorrow. I was like, okay, sure. And then JV first year, then varsity, varsity, varsity on till. So it was. Are there a, any football coaches that aren't history coaches? That's what I was wondering too. Is special, that we had special ed? That was all of our special. <laughs> Listen, ed I could give I could give some insight. Yeah, on that. yeah. <laughs> no, that's why I'm looking at you because I feel like every football coach is a history. Coach. Listen, is uh, it, so 
Okay, those people that know this voice and know <clears throat> I come from an education background. I thought I was going to be, a, uh, I have a history major, have a master's in education, thought I was going to be the history teacher coach. I thought I was going right. to be Antoine's coach. <laughs> uh, good dragnet. You would caught some good people. And uh, essentially, I realized that me and kids just didn't mix very well. But <laughs> saying all that, I think it would be safe to say with the educators that listen out there, if you went probably pre-2000, maybe pre-2003, like it was largely PE or history teachers were coaches. Sometime around then, there was probably some sort of a transition. Again, I don't have any data that says this, but outside of just seeing it in my life, you started seeing a much bigger premium of like, hey, you need to go get a degree that's not in history or PE if you're going to mm. be a coach because you want to be more marketable. From the educator side, from the coaching side, and this rings true today, they'll tell you in school – if you want to always have a coaching job, go get a math or a science degree. Because yeah. if you can be a math teacher or a science teacher and you can be male, you'll write your own job. Because there's very few male math, science. Uh, second language is getting better, but math hmm. and science specifically, having male teachers in the secondary role, you can almost write your ticket hmm. doing that. So a little tangent on the education side I like there, that though. I like a, that. As a, so we put this on, we hydrated it. I overhydrated it, so I'm not sure I'm going to be very good on this. <laughs> it tastes watery. <laughs> Ryan, you've been kind of quiet down there. What do you yeah. got down there? Uh, I mean, it changed it a little bit. I think I did it the right way. Just two or three drops of water mm-hmm. is all there I did. Go. I actually poured my water into a water bottle cap and then poured it in, which is probably a better idea than just dumping half of a-, a bottle into it. Uh, I didn't change it. One thing I'm interested in is, Antoine, and I think, Evan, you might have said it. The salty you keep saying, is that the same as the spice? Or is that it's, different? I don't have that. I, I see those as two distinctly And as do I, because I, I haven't tasted any of the salt you keep talking about, but I've got the spice originally. I got a lot of the oak originally. Um, and, th- and then I got, like I said, it, it tastes like scotch. It still tastes like scotch to me, just with a little bit of water on it without the spice now. And and now I say that that is, that's the goal. That's why I chose that one okay. for this venue. Had I chosen... Uh, a peep one, like right, right, right. Yeah, you Which I would appreciate it. Uh, you yeah. say that, yeah. Oh. But uh, that sea salt is is strong. Yeah, it's the sea salt that I keep missing, and maybe well, I just don't. Th- have it. And it, I don't have this it. one won't I have it. For it maybe. Oh no, no, this one shouldn't have it. This one should have oh, good. much less of it. Oh, see, it's so then I feel better. See, I feel like I I feel like I caught a little of the salt because I get that pucker. It's like that that you know, like you look at like a like a. Take a, some table salt, lick your hand, and eat some watermelon. Mm-hmm. Something that, that little bit of just pull on, on the, the the salivary glands. So this is a very specific. This is a very specific thought process. Before, well, hold on. So there's a third way that you wanted to take this into, and then we'll keep on diving. So what's the third way that you want us to dive into this whiskey? The third way is uh, called the highball. So this has become actually that's not like cocaine, right? Not that's an like eight ball. that. Yeah, Pardon that's me? how about to say that's that's true. That was really quick. He pointed that out. <laughs> Man, I still ain't ever smoked pot. Fair, that's fair. Enough. Mark that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Time so stamp. highball. Go ahead. <laughs> highball. Uh, two parts um, carbonated, clear of your choice, and um, one part your whiskey. And this is actually becoming a very popular way to serve their whiskey. Now, mind you, Japanese whiskey, known for being incredibly salty, not only needed to be thinned but needed to be hydrated. So this highball is becoming the way that they take a lot of the Japanese whiskeys and enjoy them, um, you know, because it's refreshing. 
Why did they need to thin them? Because one thing that we did not point out, and Ryan didn't stop me quick enough, is this proof is what? Eighty three. Look at the bottle. It's right in yeah. front of you. It's fill, it tastes low. Does it not say anywhere? Um, they one. pulled out eighty three earlier in the pre show. Forty eight percent. No, it's ninety six. It's uh, oh oh sorry. So ninety six. So Ooh. why does it need to be thinned? I think that pucker leads people to like like that salt pucker. It, Can I see the Pierre or whatever? Perrier. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You wanted the, the, oh. the bubbly water. Ryan Pierre. is bubbly. Ryan is in such a bad spot right now. Yeah. It's huh? Perrier. Perar. Perar. It looks like it's one syllable to me. You're doing like seven. Perar. <laughs> and I'm the hillbilly. Mm. I'm obviously the simple one on here. Um, I think they try to make it more refreshing. I'm gonna put a little whiskey in there too. I see you looking at me. No, I'm sorry. I'm I'm staring in the space because I just tasted mine highball style and I like it neat. Hell it's much better. different than um, mm-hmm. than anything that we have tasted before. But when we still had it hydrated, the the visual that. Because Ryan keeps talking about this sea salt and this salt, and JJ acknowledges salt, and Antoine said no sea salt. And or less. Less sea salt. The thing that keeps coming to my mind is if I'm on a beach, it's early in the morning, there's wind, there's wind coming off of the water, mm-hmm. and I can taste yeah. that moisture that in was, my mouth. That's like salt that's, water right there. Yeah, I yes. I just tasted salt water like, with Perrier is pretty Perrier close to that. On there. Like, there you go. Really, Look at you. you like for the, the from the moment that I taste it, like that's immediately like I'm in oh, some tropical country or domestic doesn't matter. And it's warm. And it's warm, and there is a breeze coming off the yep. water, and it's in like it's in my mouth. That's that's uh. <laughs> it marked that one. <laughs> Konnichiwa. All right. Konnichiwa. So, <laughs> as we're tasting this one, uh, that's salt water. Yeah, we've culminated all the way so down. I want to be. I want to be at a swim up bar, and I'll drink that. It's a smooth neat. Yeah, it's and it's a smooth highball, but it, like it's refreshing. So as as we're tasting this and we're refreshing it, we've culminated. We're all the way up to anesthesiologist. Yes. All right. You've done all your residency in Texas, correct? Yes. And then now you are working somewhere in Dallas and in, in the close area. Yes. <clears throat> When you decided to be the anesthesiologist, why? I mean, a doctor, you've got... So, JJ is a doctor. Mm-hmm. You are a doctor. Mm-hmm. There are orthopedists. There are, We all know them. There's a million doctors. Doctors of education. Why Definitely. did you want to put people to sleep? Uh, my Controlled thing death. was, there's an element Controlled of... Death. I am... Actually, true. You don't realize that you're flirting with this idea that my goal is to get Kill you us? to a subconscious state. Yes! Bring you close. Deep enough so you can tolerate being cut on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you. And I, I enjoy it. Wake you That's up great. as you then go, What happened? And I go, You had surgery and you don't believe me because my medicine makes you forget. Uh, because there's an element that I'm a walking ICU. In my mind, I have to possess the ability to run down algorithms five levels deep to understand what I do if what happens if your heart stops while you're having a routine surgery. What would I do first, second, and third? And do I have the tools with that? Uh, also I do get a chance to relieve pain. I do get a chance to relieve suffering. I also have to appeal to your lizard brain when you see me and you're in a paper thin gown and you're supposed to have surgery and you just had a friend who had a severe event that just happened under anesthesia. I have to somehow convince you that you're going to put your life in my hands and I'm going to one be benevolent, but most importantly be competent. So Picture me trying not to sit alone at the lunch table for most of my formidable years, and now I'm in a profession where I am face value. 
Some say it's 30 seconds to make an impression. It's likely three. And it's probably under three seconds. That's just the way we are wired as sure. human beings. Sure. So I get a chance to operate in that space. I may be able to break up someone's nervous terror with a bad dad joke. And then they're laughing and not thinking about how they're going to die and how they're going to go see Jesus. Well, not today, not with me. That's not my plan. I'm just on assignment. I'm an ambassador of God. He sent me here. I'm going to take care of you. You're going to get up and go home. That's the goal. So I'm always curious. So everybody here has had some sort of surgery. All right. When you get into that surgeon's room, the surgeon is in control. But if that patient starts to slip towards uh, going to the light, if you will, do you then take control? Yes. Uh, largely, I'm in control the whole time, but I don't make a big deal of it. Um, that's one part of being an anesthesiologist. My goal is that I work on you, I take care of you, and you forget me. I don't need you to come see me in the clinic. I don't need you to come see me afterwards or give me a dozen eggs, which is kind of expensive now. But Damn, that's a nice gift. I know, right? That's just, yeah. Um, but the goal is that I do my job, I execute well, and essentially you get to have surgery again or not, uh, and you forget about me. So as an anesthesiologist, I understand my hierarchy in the room. They came here to be cut on. They didn't come here to just get anesthesia. That said, if a patient shows any signs, excessive blood loss, um, their heart continues to go into a funny rhythm that then leads to something more life-threatening, I have a larger voice than people assume because I'm very unassuming. Um, my goal is to be light, bubbly, and fun. But at the point of patient safety, I, incre- I am incredibly assertive. To the so point. if you had to do that? Yes. I've had to tell a surgeon to stop their surgery prepare the ICU, call them. We're sending this patient in 15 minutes up there, get the ventilator ready. I'll give you the settings for the ventilator. I'll tell you, we need blood to the room. I'd like to activate massive transfusion protocol. I need all this happening right now. I also have a healthy knack for remembering the little things, people's first names, uh, people's pet that died, random things. Sure. Most people don't keep it. My brain does. I just add it to the algorithm, but it also has come into play in those situations because it's one thing to say, you, over there. It's another to say, this is a made-up name. There's not a real Stacy anywhere. Stacy, activate massive transfusion protocol. So-and-so, do this next. They 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 listen. Well, isn't that silent? Isn't that what they teach, I assume, going back to your firefighter, sure. Ryan? It's like you start telling people it's, specifically. Yeah. Delegations, 100%. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And it. so the, the whole idea is you're, you're trying to get away from panic. And bring calm. So when when you're just you, you, you type of thing, people tend to get a little frenzy. But when it's a Evan, go call 911. JJ, go in the lobby and get the AED for me. That type of stuff. Now you start giving people jobs and they don't have to think about all the craziness. They can just do their job that they're given. So, yes. Very so, much. So you idea. mentioned off air that basically a, a patient uh, – Asked you a similar question. Yes. And then, so can you expand upon that? Sure, sure. They came in and they're the adult children of a loved one having surgery. Uh, They have drawn, they've drove in from across state lines. Take your pick. Obviously not South. Uh, But the idea is they're saying, hey, I bet you do this for the money. That's why you're here. 
I would have preferred a good morning. How are you? But if that's what they want to <laughs> lead with, I can, I'm ready to answer that. Um, that element of was, I was like, well, actually, no, I did this so I can, this is chemistry. This is, there's an art to this in terms of meeting people, uh, reducing anxieties and tensions. I do get to play with chemistry, your physiology, your, all those things I get to manipulate um, to the point of trying to do something more optimum for you while you have surgery. I never had to say that because that sibling, um, sibling sister was like, actually, it's really expensive to be an anesthesiologist. There's a lot of overhead. There's a lot of liability. Like if he did it for the money, he should be doing something else. And that's a very accurate statement. Uh, it is not making lots of money quickly. Uh, mind you, this is after 12 years beyond high school graduation to get to this point. Sure. And I was like, if I did it for the money, I could use my brain for something else and make money quicker. I do it for people. This is an element of me loving on people and trying to meet them in that space and shepherd them through what is probably the worst moment of their life or the most vulnerable moment of their life. And that's, that's my job. Like just to love on people that way. Um, it's important to me. Everyone does that in some way. Um, but it's funny because it's not funny. It's interesting I'm a 5 a.m. so what's up to my 5 a.m.ers? Um, when I come there, I'm yeah. slightly yeah, z- yeah. Zero five hundred for your PT hasn't changed. In yeah, it really, years. it really has. It's still it's, the same. That's that's my jam. Yeah. That's my jam. Um, I'm there and I'm maybe, but I'm used to like this level of hypoxia. I'm used to now. Um, you know, I, I do got to work on better sleep habits. That said, I come there, you know, kind of half sleep, like many do at 5 a.m. But that's because by 700, 0700, I need to be near error free because I'm putting your grandmother, I'm putting your husband, I'm putting your wife, I'm putting your child's uh, life in my hands. Yeah. The surgeon will cut. Half surgeon will cut. That won't change. My job is to try to shepherd that person through that process, whether it be their nervousness, turning down their autonomics, making them more parasympathetic instead of sympathetic, because that actually leads to heart arrhythmias, um, reducing their nausea, their vomiting, their pain control. All those things I have control of, all those things I've been given responsibility for, and I, I have to be a good steward of it. And that's also, it's funny because I get to go there, do a 5 a.m., and and essentially exercise and exorcise my demons. Um, this is my segue to a timeline, but in 2017, a lot changed for me. A lot changed for my life. I was completing residency. I was thankfully finally able to, we, Eric and I were able to have our daughter, um, but she was born early and she spent 10 days in the NICU. Three days after, we're finally home. Then Hurricane Harvey hits Houston and we flooded out our townhome. And so we lived on the second floor for two days, no electricity, water was still running, but we didn't know how good the water was because of the water plants that uh, flooded. So thankfully the baby shower stuff kind of came in handy with the water wipes. That way I went full boy scout, um, I wish I was a boy scout, but I went full boy scout to set up ways to survive this. Um, as a preemie, she had trouble eating and trouble feeding. So it took hours to get one bottle down. And that was my job with no sleep, being my boy scout, setting up comms, 0800 and 2000 for my family. 
trying to arrange ways in which I could say we're still alive. We're doing well. We're going to look about a way out. If you hear anything, let me know. All the while, Harvey has sat on this area by the NRG stadium and is dumping loads of water. Um, I drove Erica's vehicle into the carport as high as I could. And uh, I came close to chaining my truck to the fence, but that water came in from both our kitchen, our living room and the side shared wall. And so the bottom floor was a waterbed essentially. Uh, I'm still in residency. I'm not done with residency yet. I then have to, thankfully there was a day when the water subsided slightly Holy Spirit pricked me and I was able to go outside, see a crowd that was going down the street. I did a recon route. Long story short, found a way out. We found a way out, but at that same time, the rain returned. Um, and there are only five cars on the road. And I remember that distinctly because Erica's in the back, largely in shock. We have maybe a bassinet, um, the little nest bassinet. So the kids don't get like funny shaped heads. <laughs> Keeps the pressure off them. And, um, we and I have a pair of scrubs, a t-shirt, and some Keens. That's it. Um, there was no such thing as a go bag. I left my wallet. I had my. I, I, we didn't have anything, but we had enough to get out. Um, and we got out. And I said, "We'll drive as far as we can till we can't anymore." I didn't think that that would happen that soon because essentially those five cars on the road started becoming joining one line of cars. The rain returned, and the Houston PD were shutting off. Uh, tollway entrances because people had been driving under those and finding themselves in high water and flooded and on the news the next day with just floating bodies. That said, um, we continued to drive and our friends were living in the Heights before we got to 45. So we stopped there and that's where we had refuge for about four days before I walked the neighborhood in that same pair of scrubs and those Keens and found uh, a half completed garage apartment. Long story short, we lived there for another uh, year and a half. I moonlight to make up for what Erica lost. Cause she's now, um, at home with Rocky. And when I'm not working, I'm moonlighting and I'm moonlighting, um, crazy hours. I've been up crazy hours. The whole world have been back to Harvey pushed into the George R. Brown convention center and they hadn't gotten full, um, utilities of it. So essentially Wi-Fi. they didn't have internet. So everybody's doing the same thing I'm doing. Where's the highest ground in Houston? Are there apartments available? How do I get it? What what do I have on hand in terms of cash? Mind you, I left my wallet. So I'm walking this neighborhood with um, with that same pair of scrub pants and t-shirt and some Keens looking at places and calling numbers. And I stay up for probably 72 hours straight. You know, the feeding's gotten better. Erica's coming to more. I finally got my family a to higher ground safety. Um, but the next step is like, what do I do next? How do we get a roof over our head? Um, two important things happen. We find the garage apartment and I have a really important choice because in this same neighborhood, it's fairly well off. They stayed fairly dry and that's not the important thing. The important thing is they had a black swan yoga or a CrossFit gym. Now, both were equidistant <laughs> from our location. This may have not happened had I gone left because I would have been vinyasing. Um, sun with salutations. Sun salutations. I love it. But I, I didn't feel like I could really exercise my demons um, with a sun salutation. <laughs> to each of their own. To each their own. You know, namaste. Um, <laughs> so the CrossFit gym was familiar in that there were weights to throw around. And me being silent and just 
expressing myself, my frustration, um, and experiencing the loss would be seen as a PR, would be seen as that's a good sprint. Where'd you where'd you find that extra energy? And my only two pair of clothes. <laughs> that's where I find that extra energy because I lost all this and I'm still being called from residency to come back in and finish my training. Um, so I, I learned a valuable lesson in terms of there are elements of things that you think are the most important find themselves lower on the list when you reach something existential. And I would not wish anything existential to occur to anyone. Uh, but when you do reach that, you learn some life lessons. And I did. And um, I was replaceable from a medical standpoint with as much training as I had, which is as much knowledge as I possessed with all the personality um, they could have replaced me because they would need to. That's what the machine needs. But Erica and, and Rocky can't replace me and my footing in my presence in their life was one of the most important things, not because I saved them or anything like that, but this is, that's my community. That's my nucleus. And we came close to losing it several times. Also, when we got to that garage apartment, uh, shout out to uh, non-central heating or cooling. Uh, we almost froze to death that fall. Uh, that was just a part of the process. Um, we, I mean, it was maybe 700 square feet. That was it. That was what I made do with. I moonlit like crazy. We figured out, you know, potty training and all the other stuff that new parents have to figure out, but it was new parenthood and a natural disaster. One they'd never seen in a hundred years. Um, so that's how CrossFit fit into my, Therapy. Rehab. Rehab. Well, we certainly, it's Ryan's gym and it will always be Ryan's gym, but I can, I think I can speak for the entire community uh, that having you at the gym has been nothing but an incredible experience. And I don't think any of us can follow any of that up. Well, um, I think that's a missing piece that a lot of people don't know because it's, it, there's a difference in a lot of the other classes during the day, the eight thirties and noons or whatever. I think a lot of people know a lot about each other because they stay, they come early, they stay after. There's more communal hanging time, but the five and the six AMers are got to go, baby. They got to go. They they come in, they hit it. They they need to get out of there. So I think something like this, where you have this type of you know information and background and connection, is I think that's one of the things pretty, that's pretty cool. like underscored or not said enough or undersold enough in the group based fitness, the community based fitness that, I mean, that, I mean, CrossFit has its name and it's done that. I thought it was stupid for a decade. Um, until we think you're stupid. I, I don't care. I, I drank, <laughs> God darn it. Damn I drank the crackers. flipping cool. I drank the freaking Kool-Aid man. I'm there. My kid, like everyone's there. Shut up. I drank the Kool-Aid. So I'm in the cult. All right. Thank but, you. It's, it's that, it's, that's the side of it that keeps people working out. And that's the side of it that, that changes people's lives. Right. Mm. It's like, nobody cares if, if I show up at eight 30 or not, but like, you know what? They're going to be shit if I don't. Mm -hmm. I care. I that opens up a whole, yeah, I know. It opens up a <laughs> Ryan's the only person that cares if I show up at eight 30. I'm just trying to figure out how I can get my adjustment. So. Opens up a whole nother can of worms. However, yeah, let's go ahead and wrap this up a little bit or not a little bit. Let's wrap it up. Little review here. So we're going to do that. I mean, Antoine, this has been awesome, but 
I know you've listened to our podcast before, but this is the port, the point that you have port. This is the point uh, that we always say you have 45 seconds to talk to a millionaire or to a homeless man, and you're giving your review of the shin, uh, and we go around the table and we give that. So we've had it three different ways, so you have a lot to talk about, but mm. we will. It's yours, so we'll start with you. Um, refreshing complex slurry of wonderfulness that dances on your tongue and makes new routes for your neurons. Hmm. Now, see, I, I should let him go last. What? JJ, you go ahead next. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm the, makes new pathways for your neurons. neurons. Like, shit. <laughs> doctor can follow doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. And, and uh, he's the. Not Kyle and JJ. He's the first doctor we've had on a podcast, right? Yeah. Because Chelsea correct, was yeah. not a not doctor. Time, she no, wasn't Chelsea a doctor not, at the no, time. No, no. She's right, still yeah. trying to finish that. Okay. She's, I, she, sure. I think she's very, very close. I just wanted to make sure we got that on there. She, and I'm, the, had a doctor I'm on our podcast. freaking nerd out on this stuff, too. It's like, to. well, it does upregulate the parasympathetic nervous system. And hey, that, that vagal nerve stimulation Ooh. that comes from this. Talk to me. No, hell no. I like this. No. Am I 40? My five seconds is look. It's delicious. Um, I have actually shied away from the 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 Japanese whiskeys because I thought it was a it was a marketing game. Um, no, that's delicious, um, and it was it was quite tasty. So um, I'm going to have to go find one of the salty ones and then throw it on some ice and then just to see. Um, uh, what, are there any re- salty ones that you would recommend that you've um, had that are like the big pucker salty ones? Uh, Toki T O K I. Okay. So I'll go try to find that at a restaurant because I'm not going to buy a bottle of that. But Before Ryan goes, we did not ask this. Uh, price point, and then mm. is this something that we can just get at Total Wine? Yes, Total Wine's under $50. Nice. That's, yeah, how, our, that's, that's del- how I roll. Yeah, man, that makes it even better. That thing's delicious for under 50 bucks. Yeah, the, uh, so actually to back up what JJ was talking about, I've stayed away from Japanese whiskeys because Japanese whiskey. It sounds like an oxymoron. Yeah, I yeah, understand. It doesn't That's make right. sense to me, especially when you start talking about rice whiskeys and stuff like that. So I've stayed away from them purposely. Um, if you are more of a, your traditional American bourbon type person and like that taste, this probably is not for you. But if you, if you dabble and enjoy not only the bourbons, but scotches and, and from the little bit of reading that I did on it, there's a lot of, um, the scotch, the Scottish process. In the distillation of mm-hmm. Japanese whiskeys, they kind of go hand in hand together. Then I think you'll really enjoy this. Like to me, that tasted like a smooth, um, peatless, yeah, uh, scotch, which is something you'd find from like you know Islay or something like that. One of those regions. I thought it was. I thought it was excellent for that. So it just depends on who you are with that. Yeah. No, that was great. Before you go, I got to add the uh, the shin. Actually, it's a unique. Uh, classical samurai uh japanese style uh by the samurai and the shin actually means integrity mm. Mm. i'm pretty wow. sure the shin means your tibia that, uh fair enough that is my shin but not the shin <laughs> yeah. uh for <laughs> yours is a quite exceptional shin so I, it might be the human shin i appreciate that that's fair from the guy who has a very low uh taste or palate um i agree with ryan so one thing that two things that stick out one if you're someone that really enjoys, as Ryan said, bourbons, or as I always say, kind of sweeter whiskeys, not your not your route that you want to go. Uh, it is more on the bitter side. Two, personally, wasn't a fan of hydrated or highball. Was a really big fan of neat. Oh, and could see this purist. Uh, I like it. Could could drink this very easily on a patio in multiple uh, weather. So what I noticed because we sat there and, and as I went and yelled at kids, um, 
th- th- it opened up different. I don't care. We yelled at kids. Um, the uh, it opened up different after the the fizz went away. Uh, yeah, I tried. I, I just I know I did. I, I'm gonna. Right. I'm not gonna try that anymore. Organic so. chemistry. It's good stuff. That's All it. right. Fair enough. Antoine, thank you so much, man. This has been an awesome episode. I hope uh, everybody that's listening understands and feels the passion, especially in that last 20 minutes that you brought, because uh, that's an incredible. Uh, that was an incredible episode. So thank you, man. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the love that y'all have. And I just want to say that I appreciate y'all and affirm um, what CrossFit does and not like what CrossFit does, what this gym is, because it gives people to be a chance to be vulnerable, uh, people to challenge their negative thoughts and to perform beyond their expectations. And there's nothing like, you know, failing a rep and then working at it and succeeding later. Keep that up. There's yeah. love there, and you are actually changing people's physiology. Um, you know, beach body, but a healthy mind too. <laughs> Ryan's With never that. been called beach body in his life, and he's get me out of here, Evan. He's, hurry up. He's a little offended get now. Us out. Uh, beach body. <laughs> Ryan loves all of you. Until next time, guys. Thank you as always. Bye bye.